What's up, everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach, and this is the A to Z Exchange. A weekly podcast where we discuss creative and cultural topics and occasionally politics. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. And this week, uh, we do not have a guest on, so we're just gonna, it's just going to be a rambly, rambly, rambling episode where we talk about whatever's happening in the week, really, right? Yeah. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. But before we can do that, we have to pay tribute to our sponsor, NOSI College, College of Art. Art. So they do um, photography, videography, graphic design, illustration, web design, uh, anything else? I don't know. They do Undergrad. creative degrees in Nashville. Yeah. And they just started a master's program here. So Yeah, that's that started this spring. This spring, yeah. And that's exciting. They're going to train people to be instructional designers and stuff like that, which is a little more hireable, I guess, in the, in the field than maybe an art degree is. I guess so. Which is cool. But yeah. They help put this podcast on every week. We film here, and just a huge shout-out to them for helping us along the way. Yep, we appreciate it. Sweet. You can check them out at noc.edu. And that'll be down there. <laughs> All right, cool. So into this episode, uh-huh. what are what's happening? What's going on? Well, What's in the world? In an entertainment movie world, I'm just going to specify movies right now, but Sundance is going on, and also Slam Dance, but I didn't get a chance to really get into Slam Dance. But um, there has been... A few movies that I read about from Sundance that look pretty cool. Um, there's one that I'm really excited about called Honey Boy, which is written by Shia LaBeouf. And if that's not the right way to say his name, <laughs> I'm sorry. But the director for it is um, Alma Harrell. She's from Israel. Also, if that's the wrong way to say it, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but from what I've read, there's not like any trailer for it yet, but from what I've read, it seems pretty cool. It's like basically about his, he wrote it about his childhood with his dad, so. Yeah. So is she a first-time filmmaker? Or? No, she, well, narrative. This is her first narrative, but okay. she's done documentary before. Bombay Beach was like her big documentary. Hmm. It came out, I think, in 2010 is what it said. So. Hmm. And she's done another one, but apparently, I guess Bombay Beach was like the bigger one. So do you know anything about why... Maybe Shyla, her, how and her and Shyla came together to like collaborate on this. Uh, from what I read, they've um, met somewhere around the time he was doing the, his last Transformers movie. I think he saw her documentary and he emailed her and like wanted to. <laughs> he emailed her. Yeah, and wanted to like collaborate. <laughs> how magical, <laughs> huh? Um, and they've like been friends ever since then. So interesting. Uh, do you? I wonder which which Transformers was his last one. Was it the third one? I think the third one. Yeah. Right, because yeah. the fourth one was where Marky Mark kind of took over. Yeah. That's crazy. There's been so many Transformers there movies was a new in the last Bumblebee decade. Came out over Christmas. Yeah. I didn't see it, but. <laughs> I heard it was like the best one of the entire it's like, series. From what I've gathered, it's like the X Men origins for Transformers. Yeah. It's like about it's how a Bumblebee prequel. came. Yeah. yeah, it's just a prequel. I mean, it's the standard sort of like, yeah, we're producing a big franchise, like kind of random prequel pilot episode that you have to produce like six years after it's been yeah. successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of have to keep developing that world. Yeah. I guess. Speaking of reboots, um, there's uh, 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 <laughs> uh, your words? Uh, uh, there's we, a reboot going on. Are we talking about Twilight Zone? We are talking about Twilight okay. Zone, but I had a, a break in the Matrix right there. It was all <laughs> clever humor. So if you catch His me, just... coding got messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone didn't close off the hashtag. Somebody um, forgot his underscore or something. Yeah, but that's that's the Jordan Peele ran show, right? Is yeah. That, that the details. He's gonna be, I think he's ex- like producing the whole thing, but he's gonna be in the first two as an actor, I think, and then he's narrating 
them like the originals were in the 50s. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, he's going to like open the story up like they did with the original series and then he's producing them. So there was a Twilight Zone in the 50s and then the 90s. Yeah. And then it was like the 2010s on... and now the 2000 later 10s. Yeah. This is the fourth run of the Twilight Zone. I guess Right. So. Man, oh man. They're also rebooting a show called The L Word. I don't know if you know that, but that that show. Yeah. I've never watched it. I remember seeing that on like the TV guide when I was younger and I mm-hmm. have no idea what that is. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Like, what, I'm excited. <laughs> what is the L word? Um, is that yeah, something we can say on the show? I guess. Just for lesbian. I don't know. Oh, that's it? That's all <laughs> it is? I mean, I guess when the show came out, it was kind of taboo. I don't know. You couldn't say People lesbian. People are weird. What, do you but, know what year the show came out originally? 2004. You couldn't say lesbian in 2004. I, I wonder. <laughs> wow. Hell, hmm. you can barely say it now. So. It's kind of a hard one to pronounce. Lesbian? Yeah, sometimes I struggle with it. Why is that hard to pronounce? I don't know. I don't have a good excuse. Anyways, I'm just so trying to make up a reason as to why someone could say it. About these group of lesbian friends in West Hollywood, and so the new version is going to pick up, like after that, with the new group of people. But some of the original characters are going to be like in there to introduce it, you know. Um, okay, so they're kind of moving the torch. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. So, and it's going to be eight episodes on Showtime. I don't know when it's going to air yet, but... Do you know if it's planned as just a season or if it's planned as something to continue on? I think so far it's just the first season. I don't think it's got two yet. Okay. Kind of like, um, it's not a show I watch, but was it, I think it was Gilmore Girls did that with Netflix or something. They came back and released like a bonus four episodes or something. Well, it was four episodes, but they were an hour, like an hour and a half long each. Yeah. So it went every season. So there was one for every season. But what happened with that is Amy Sherman Palladino didn't do the last season of Gilmore Girls. She, like, wasn't the showrunner or something for the mm. last season, and she they didn't end it the way she wanted. So the one that came out on Netflix was, like, how she would, how she wanted it to play out originally. Yeah. I caught about 40 minutes of that in the background, and I was uh, not, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> For the audience that that show is for, it's cool. I watched it. I liked it. But um, the ending of this Netflix, everybody was aggravated because of the way it ends because they're not gonna, they weren't going to do it anymore, and there's like a big question mark at the end of the show. They left it open-ended because yeah. they could make more. No, I don't know. She said they weren't going to make more. That's it. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like all the like over-referential dialogue. It was like the entire time these characters are like competing to who can make the most references in a single sentence with all the dialogue. And it there's part of me that's like, oh, that's cool, you're referencing stuff. But then there's part of me that's like, people don't talk like this. And the vast th- like range of things that these characters were consuming made it just so unrealistic that they could accomplish anything else in their lives. And in terms of like what they were referencing, it seemed like it was kind of like hitting every corner. I was like, this this doesn't make sense from like a character palette, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think everyone kind of has sort of a trend of what they consume, whether it's like film and TV, you know? Like there are certain people that don't watch art house films at all, yeah. and then there are some people, Those people that okay. In, and then mind. there are some Won't people that <laughs> only watch like art house films, and I'm I'm kind of guilty of that. Like it's it's kind of challenging I mean, for me. I'm kind of like that on some level when it comes to franchise movies because I'm not Yeah, even, I won't watch like, those nope. anymore. I just quit caring. 
Um, and then, but They're like all the same. But like even like like if it comes to something that's kind of like your sort of run of the mill comedy or rom com or just sort of like easy watchable films that aren't meant to be crown breaking or life changing or anything like that. They're just meant to be entertainment. Like I don't find myself consuming that content ever. Yeah. I usually watch. Um, I try to kind of watch stuff before they're nominated for awards and then kind of stay in that, that era of filmmaking too. So that was something I always, I always hated about that 40 minutes out of that show I watched was how just inconsistent their Did viewing Did you watch viewing the original choices. series or the one on Netflix? Um, okay, so I guess in all honesty, my girlfriend loves, watched the original series. Yeah. So, and since we live in a one-bedroom apartment, my office is next to the TV. I am more knowledgeable about it than I would like because I hear it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so well, she watched it, so I've, I've heard a lot of it, and it wasn't something I enjoyed. Well, then you know how all. it ends, right? No, I don't oh, know okay. how it ends. I'm not going to say how it ends because people who want to watch it who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil the end. I would be comfortable spoiling Girl More question. Girls. There's a big question, though. But it's the lady, funny not her that, mom? No, that's not the question. But um, that you bring up Gilmore Girls and the awards season because Rami Malek's first role was on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, I don't know which episode, but apparently that was his first role. <laughs> okay, well. Little little fun fact there. It's, it's not a show for me. But speaking of shows that are for me, True Detective. I think oh. I've talked about it every single week since it started. I haven't the seen premiere. it. Is that on HBO or Showtime? It's HBO. Um, it's so good. I just like episode four was last week, so we're officially like at the halfway point of the uh -huh. season. Is it going to be eight episodes? Mm -hmm. Like the first two seasons, um, and it's just it's so good. I'm starting to see holes in Mahershala Ali's performance a bit as an old man. Now that we're getting more into the season, I'm starting to see more moments where he's not his body language doesn't look too much like he's seventy years old. But at the same time, like his facial expression, the evolution of his mannerisms is still there. It's it's still awesome. I still don't know who committed the crime. I have suspicions, but they go in different directions, which is really good. I like I like crime shows that don't give me one big clue and then a bunch of other clues that feel irrelevant. You know, that just kind of gain your attention for a moment. This show really like an feels episode like of Criminal Minds. <laughs> Yeah, like one of those. <laughs> law and order. <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels a little more fleshed out, and I really don't know what direction it's going to go in. And mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel sympathetic for characters that I didn't think I would feel sympathetic for. You're starting to see the evolution of certain characters over their narrative structure that they've been doing now for three seasons of this show, and I love it. It's brilliant. I want more people to watch it. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I want more people to watch it is because the ratings have been so low for the show. Well, not maybe many... that's probably because the second season apparently was real bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's kind of sad because I think I looked at the numbers, and I don't know the numbers, but I know the relationship between the numbers. And the, from the first season to the second season, there was a clear increase in the audience size. And then now on the third season, the audience size appears to be about half of what it was the first season. So I hope they don't cancel the show or you know mm -hmm. i hope this doesn't cause them to just do away with it because it, it has been a really good season so well maybe they won't i don't know it's don't hbo know. they probably won't yeah they're a little more i would say comfortable with taking lower ratings to yeah. give their artists more power recently so yeah i can't really speak to any tv shows at the moment i haven't really been watching any shows i don't think i have seen a couple of movies and then the ones that i was reading about at sundance uh but there is another one that's 
been at Sundance. It's called Hala. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who the director is, but it's about a teenage girl um, kind of trying to um, mix her Muslim life and, like, her American life. She's an American. That sounds fun. Like, her relationship with her parents and, like, her friends and stuff, and it seems pretty cool. It's like a... So do you know if she's an immigrant or... I think her parents are. Oh, okay. So she's she's got that, like, probably to that culture shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds enjoyable. I think that's a, that's a movie people probably need to see nowadays yeah. because, I mean, there are certain elements of, yeah. of the Islam world that yeah. are kind of not okay. From what I've read so far, um, it's going to have to, it, like, sexuality plays into it with her, with the religion, and then apparently something happens with the parents. There's, like, some back and forth with the parents so yeah but um it's gonna be released through apple as far as i know so far is it a is it a muslim filmmaker that's doing it i think so okay i I have to check but so it's someone that would kind of understand the intricacies and the nuance of of sort of the issues with like westernizing you know kind of the religion a little bit and moving it to yeah i think that'd be cool i think that's something that people need to see Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds interesting. And then as far as movies that I've seen, I watched Suspiria, which is like a newer one. And um, So does it get a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or two thumbs to the left and the right? I give it a thumbs up. Um, it's Luca, Luca Guadagnino. Is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it. Anyways, do record Call Me By Your Name. But... Um, and I liked it for a horror. Like, I don't usually watch horror movies or, like, scary movies, but this one was good. I liked it. I feel like there's a, some hidden symbolism that I need to do a rewatch to get because I think I missed some things, but... Um, so how would you... It's very... Uh, it's definitely, like, artsy and... Um, the blood is... I mean, I feel like that's part of the reason why it wasn't as bad for me because it's there's bloody parts, but it's, like... It's not a gore It's, fest. like, tarantino kind of like oh it's humorous it's not humorous but it's like it's so splattery it's so unrealistic yeah. <laughs> that it kind of you're distant from it yeah. yeah i get that too there's certain films like drive was one mm-hmm. when the when the violence in drive happens it was so gritty and not animated and straightforward and the sound design wasn't over the top that it was it was harder to watch because the violence felt more real so yeah there's another film that came out recently um that people were having an issue with the violence in it. What was that movie? I don't know. Who's in it? I couldn't tell you. I just remember that kind of idea being associated with it. People, it, it was in theaters this month, and people seemed to enjoy the film, but the violence in it, they said turned them off. They didn't appreciate having the, the graphic violence. Oh, it was um, the film of Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Uh, um, the, the, art, the art collector, art dealer oh, film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, uh, Dan yeah, Gilroy's. That one. Buzz. Buzz Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. The Velvet Buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. That had issue. Apparently there's some graphic violence. Wait, is in that, that out? Because I like. thought that was that Sundance. Maybe that's where the reviews came from. Okay. I just saw the murmurs, yeah, people trailer, talking. I have seen the trailer for that, and it looks super weird. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I really liked um, it's, uh, I really liked his, his collaboration with Dan Gilroy on Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed that yeah, one. Nightcrawler I, was awesome. Fantastic. So I don't know how that, with the, ter- like, that film's gonna turn out to be, but it looks mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it definitely looks gory. But and then mid '90s, which was the Jonah Hill director. Yeah. So left, right thumb, or up or down thumb? Um, 
I guess I would give it a thumbs up. It's not really my style, but I mean, it's a bunch of kids in the 90s are in like a skateboard group. I won't say gang, but. But from, from what I've seen <coughs> on the trailers, it deals with like kind of brothers, right? Is there an yeah. element of brothers? and? There's an element of brothers. And the last scene with the brothers is pretty good. There's no dialogue, but the actions that goes, that happens between the two brothers. See, I think that would be more like, of a film for me. Pretty good. Because I, yeah, I, I have a younger would, brother. I think you would like it because yeah. it's definitely like art house and art house style. Well, there's certain elements too. Like, you know, there were certain the, nu the, nuances of Lady Bird that I didn't pick up on as well because mm -hmm. it was about a mother and her daughter. And, you know, I have a mother, but I'm not a daughter. And yeah. that that I know my girlfriend appreciated a little more than oh, yeah. me. Lady and, Bird was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I liked Lady like, no, no, No ill, ill like, words towards it, of course. But, like, there were moments that just didn't... I think emotionally grabbed me as much because I had less of a connection there mm. um, from just kind of like a, I don't know. Yeah. Whereas like but the kid films, in it, films about brothers kind of get me because I have a little brother and it's, you know. The kid in it is uh, the same kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer. So the main kid is that same kid. Oh, the kid that. Don't spoil the ending. <laughs> um, yes, that kid. That kid? Yeah. I mean, I think the aesthetic of mid-90s and the style of it definitely fits the attachment to the 90s for him. For like, I think that's Jonah Hill was wanting it to be like that. Yeah. Because the style of it fits that time period, I think. It looked good. When yeah. the trailer came out, it gave me hives and chills and yeah. all these. And he's a little older than me. The culture of that film was a little older than me. But there, mm. was, a, there was an element of it that I remember kind of seeing in my youth that... Yeah. From a time before I could really remember that, that kind of hit me on an mm -hmm. emotional level that for some reason just kind of connected. But also I'm from Alabama and culture moves much slower in Alabama. So maybe something yeah. that happened in L.A. in the early 90s was something that happened like in Alabama in the late 90s. thing in Alabama. <laughs> um, no, but the element of like a group of kids kind of having a toy and then running out and getting into trouble. Like for us it was bicycles okay. or... Yet at a certain point in my life, uh, trucks. <laughs> yeah, or you know, like whatever it may be at the time, it was just an element of kind of getting together with your friends and being separate from your parents, and then getting into trouble, and then sort of having to solve those problems. That. Yeah, it's it's kind of universal, but I don't know. A lot of people the first use skateboarding. Scene of mid '90s is uh, like it opens and it's. It kind of gives you the style, speaking of the brothers, like what's the relationship between the brothers. It's kind of intense, though, because this kid's little, and like what, what goes down, you're like, this kid, he's about to kill this kid. But That's what I connected with, because yeah. <laughs> my brother and I, we, we are two and a half years apart, um, so we fought a mm -hmm. lot as kids, and sometimes it was, it was, we were replicating what we saw on TV, and we were just fighting to fight and it wasn't filled with hate or anything and it was like but we hurt each other doing it at times and there were times where we hurt each other and then we had to keep that under wraps we had to keep that a secret you know because we would get in trouble if if they knew mm -hmm. we were fighting and stuff like that so dude me and my sister are seven yeah. years apart and we used to fight like we would fight <laughs> yeah i mean that's what we would do like we would like like they would leave and we were like all right we're gonna wrestle now you know like it was it was a thing so to see elements of that and then you overstep it and then you do hurt each other, and you feel bad about it, and, you know, there's that, I think that makes you stronger, you know, I mean, 
my brother's hurt me several times. Like there was once where he he messed up my wrist really bad, and there was one point where I punched his tooth out. Like, oh, <laughs> like it was he stole a he stole a gummy a gummy worm for me when we were and young. He broke his tooth because he, he stole my gummy, gummy worm. And I had a quick reaction where I was gonna like try to knock it out of his hand, and I just popped him in the mouth, and his tooth came out. And then there was another moment where he pretty much almost broke my wrist over uh-huh. something similar. So it's, I don't well, know. We have a good relationship now, but <laughs> as kids, we hurt each other a lot. I think most siblings do that. <laughs> yeah, so any film that kind of showcases that and can mm-hmm. do it naturally, I get I get a little emotional yeah. about, I think. Yeah, it was good. I just wasn't really my style. But yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, off the topic of movies, this has been a crazy week. Obviously, last week we were talking about the shutdown. And then, yeah, and then, like, literally right after Within that. an hour <laughs> of us f- wrapping up filming, the government reopened mm-hmm. for But now three it's weeks. probably going to shut down again because nobody's wanting to budge. Yeah, we're in the same spot. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't resolve the same argument in 34 days, so they, can they resolve it in 21 days? So do you think he'll, he'll declare us a national emergency to, to get this thing funded? I hope not. <laughs> I kind of would prefer it. I mean, I, don't, I just kind of would prefer it if it just not happened because I don't really see the point. But um. I think, so like, and my, like my reasoning behind that is I think, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not. It, this is a, a 10 to 15 year long project. It's huge. The infrastructure, like it's, it would be a massive undertaking to build and develop this wall across the entire southern border. Um, to the point of being unrealistic. And I don't think in his administration enough could be done to solidify that other administrations would follow through on it. Uh-huh. And with everything involving eminent domain and, and, and the budgetary and economic problems of it, I think if he were to declare a national emergency, we would get the government reopened and maybe have some security there, but also still never get the wall. Yeah. Him just kind of allocate like, funds I'm for no totally reason. I totally understand people, you know, being worried or about criminals or whoever coming over here and the other way around. But the, to build that, that extensive of a structure, like, is a little bit ridiculous. Like, sure, we need more security probably. But to completely just try to, like, block it out. That does that's not going to help anybody. Well, it's not going to work. It didn't work in Germany. It didn't work in China. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 well, China, China is different because China was so long ago. It's so detached from reality well, now. I mean, the Germany. The, but Germany, I would agree. That's a good point. Like, are sort of. I mean, this would be bigger and more impressive. But that is a, a, a decent reasoning. People are going to still find a way to get through. Yeah. Smuggle stuff through. They're going to go under it. Like I heard them talking. Go over it. They're going to fly in. Like. If people want to get in this Take country, boats in through the. If they want to get in, they're gonna get in. They're gonna figure out a way. And I heard them talking something yesterday. For some reason, I was flipping through the radio and heard this on the radio. But, and he was talking about how we can't. We have to stop letting all these criminals in and these drugs and the, um, sex trafficking and like I get the fear of that and like understand how we need protection from that but a lot of that stuff comes from this country already like yeah. it's not brought in it happens here already yeah. so and people are taking like women or whoever as far as trafficking goes from this country out That's like true. they're not bringing them in 
No, I mean, you're, you're mostly correct there. I would say the numbers probably support that. I mean, it's here. The infrastructure's here. Yeah. It's like I've been seeing people say that they were bringing fentanyl in through the mail. They were just shipping it in the country. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not entirely true. There's many different ways they get it in the country. Now, once it's in the country, they distribute it through the mail. So, I, I mean, I don't see it helping much, but I do think if... We don't reach a, clu- a, a conclusion on spending, and he does declare the national emergency. I think that may be a little better than us not funding the government because under national emergency, he's still not going to get it built. The legal problems are going to pile up for decades. Yeah, that'll be, take forever. <laughs> so I just don't. And then, yeah, I don't I get see that, us having and then a people wall. People won't have to be out of work again. So. Yeah, and I would think that would be nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I was. Um, I've been negotiating video contracts with one guy for months and it, it affected his business as well because he, he sold the majority of this product to uh, government ran military and NASA type agencies uh, and that, that was like his main clientele and because they're out of work, well, they're not going to spend two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 on his product and, mm-hmm. and he lost clients for 34 days. Yeah. So. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, well, I don't really know anybody personally that. I th- it may. I mean, I know you do, but it I, it may suck. But this person, I think, was also under the guise that he kind of wanted the wall, uh, so he sort of shot himself in the foot on that. And I'm thinking he's having a little second guesses based off what I read. I feel like most people are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know we've had a lot of drama this week too because we're having more people announce they're going to run for president. Mm-hmm. Cory Booker Corey announced Booker. this morning, yeah, February first. I feel like he's going to have a. The front run. If he's going to run, I think he's going to be in the front. <laughs> I think we're uh, looking at him, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. I'm teetering on. Yeah. If she keeps pretending to be an average American, it's really going to hurt her. Mhm. Um, because that's not why people like her. I'm still down for Pete. I I don't. I still haven't really oh, got into boot it. Boot edge edger. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for the young millennial. <laughs> I want someone younger in, but I think Kamala Harris is young enough. I think Cory Booker's young enough. Um, Elizabeth Warren isn't young, young, but she tries to be. <laughs> she try, she tries to be, and she's been fighting the economic fight and fighting the banks for a long time. Yeah. And I have to stand with her on that. So I'm excited. Like the three, I think the three top dogs, maybe four. I'm excited to see them sort of go head to head, and hopefully, hopefully promote a positive campaign and a campaign that isn't all about Trump. And emails. <laughs> and emails, yes. I just don't want, I don't want that to be the campaign issue. I want them to promote more of a positive message and yeah. be focused on what they plan on doing and not plan on what they are going to eliminate. Speaking of like campaigns, there's a movie, oh gosh, I'm hungry, um, that's coming out that, or it may have already came out, um, called The Front Runner, where Hugh Jackman plays, um, Oh, what's the guy's name? He ran for president in the 80s, but he, he literally only ran for three weeks. Oh, my gosh, what is his name? Um, I have no idea. Um, but a, there was, like, a big scandal because the media was trying to say he had an affair. And there's no, like, if he did or if he didn't. That's never really been established. But apparently it's, like, the first time that the media really ran out a, a candidate like like the the news it's like kind of when the news started being um 24 hour news yeah it's like when cnn started they started doing 24 hour news and they started getting more of the uh um 
opinion opinionated yeah oh okay um so yeah. yeah it looks good i saw some clips from it and like heard a few interviews about hugh jackman talking about it and seems cool i want to see it that's so random i wonder if people like were to watch news these days obviously we we have something that has news elements to it and we're very opinionated and we do not hide behind that because mm-hmm. i don't think you shouldn't like you should but how people would react if if outlets like cnn fox news nbc nbc took an approach that was far less opinionated i wonder how people would really respond in terms of watching it because cnn takes certain segments where it's a little less opinionated mm-hmm and uh, from my understanding, people just don't watch them. People just they don't reach the audience they need to. Whereas Fox has certain segments early on in the day that are the same way. They're a little less opinionated, but everyone still shows up late at night for Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson to come in there and just dive and just tear into the libtards. <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder. I would like to see more of that because we're we're kind of entering this new age of america where we all have different sets of facts even if they're facts we all have different categories of them and we don't all have the same groupings because we're all watching completely different content so because they want you to be against each other <laughs> uh, well i don't think it's any of that i think that's silly but like you know i mean it does create an um... it creates that but just because it creates it doesn't mean someone's trying to create it i've, I've said this a million times about trump and it's like don't apply malice to stupidity sometimes things happen that doesn't mean there's a reason behind them or people pulling the strings sometimes things just are happening it's just the natural progression and order of things and we can impact and change that but i don't know i'm i'm I'm, i've become a little more distasteful and dissatisfied with the conspiracy type communities last three years of saying that the media counteracts each other or saying that the media is is in cahoots Oh. Things like that. I mean, I agree. Fox News and CNN and MSNBC kind of all occupying this well of knowledge and information and kind of all arguing with each other but not at each other and never really at the same time with each other and kind of three different corners with three perspectives. It contributes to that problem. Yeah. But I don't think there's one person above those well, three entities. Well, I think entities. it goes into the opinionated content because if you have, like, Fox News saying one opinion on the conservative side and then, like, CNN or somebody saying something on the liberal side, but neither one of them um, admitting or like discussing the other opinion on their segment, it creates a fight or like a. It, uh, it creates tension. It creates a tension. Yeah. And I think that there definitely are people writing that stuff and leaving those facts, the other sides, out on yeah. purpose. I mean, people are writing that content and they're aware of what's happening. Yeah, but I don't think it's a grand conspiracy. I think they're doing it more for ratings. And and Fox News bothers me the most because they equate things. The biggest one is climate change. It's happening. It's real. Um, it's it's going it's going to become more and more problematic as we go through time. And you know, I know people throw the number around that ninety seven percent of climatologists believe it, and three percent that don't. But that's not true. It's closer to ninety nine point nine percent of climatologists agree and 0.01 percent disagree and and um the problem that fox news likes to do is they'll take one climate scientist and one person in disagreement and have them go at odds with each other and they act like well now their opinions are are equal like this is a 50 50 fight well in reality it's this person against 100 people Mm -hmm. it's not equal so 
you, you can't, within the segment of their shows, really showcase how uneven that is, unfortunately. So I don't yeah. know how we fix those structures and systems because they can't bring on 100 climatologists like climatologists to argue with one oil executive, you know, so. Also, you just said, though, though, that person's an oil executive, not a client scientist, so. Sometimes, sometimes, and I'm, I would. You can't have somebody arguing the negative against a scientist who studies. <laughs> there are, I can't name their names, but the paper, papers have been published, but there are people that are climate scientists that have basically fall into greed and they have been hired by oil companies to publish reports. I think the last number I looked at it was something like in the last 25 years there were 16 or 17,000 reports on climatology and climate science that point to a trend in global warming. Mm-hmm. And and without debating the impacts of it, just a trend in the warming. And then there were like two papers and these aren't scientists, these are papers two papers that were published that disagreed with it, published by climate scientists, but it was a matter of, if you look through the papers, the climate scientists had a clear bias and were receiving payment from the oil lobbies to sort of publish that work. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, an oil lobbyist. It was a climate scientist working for the oil lobby, you know. So it's even easier to make those look equated when Yeah, you have somebody paying somebody else off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because we're, we're less concerned about that and more concerned with, with the climatologist making a problem so they get funding from the government to research this problem they're creating. Oh, like, yeah. oh, well, oh, well, we're, we're all going to burn. Yeah, or freeze to death. Yeah, we're going to do both. We're going to do one in the summer and one in the winter. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the cold, it's so cold. It's not going to be tomorrow. I know, I'm <laughs> excited, but it got so cold. It did get cold. But did I you, didn't. I mean, I like the cold. So. <laughs> oh, did you did you do a lot of research about what was going on in Minnesota no. and Wisconsin and North Dakota and in no, the Chicago? No, the only stupid thing I heard was apparently people were freezing their jeans. <laughs> yeah, I really like those videos. Those are fun. Did you see them? No, I just they would about it. they would like spray their jeans with water or something. I think maybe and then, or maybe just wear them and they would like pull them off and they were like limp. You know, like, they would move, and then they would throw them in the air, and they would freeze in midair, and then, like, land in perfect, <laughs> like, just perfectly land, like, rigid. Uh, that's how cold it was. That's... That's insane. No, that's crazy. Like, I would never want to, I would not want to leave my house. <laughs> I was seeing something like that. I saw a picture that someone posted where they, um, they had a cup of ramen, and they, like, lifted their spoon up, holding the ramen, and, like, held it for a few seconds, and it just all froze in place, and they let go of the spoon, so this, it's all frozen. Well, like, I heard something about wow. people, or I haven't seen any of pictures yet, but people were, like, wetting their hair and then hanging upside down. Yeah, I saw those. <laughs> those looked fun, or they would, like, like Pantene commercial it, and it uh. would stick up straight. <laughs> wow. I think that's remarkable. And then there was a race in the Wisconsin-Minnesota oh, okay. area. There was an ultra marathon like on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. How did they not cancel it? Like, well, uh, from what I read, because once I found out this was happening, I kind of read three articles on it. It piqued my interest for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they have one every year, and they try to have it specifically the last week of January, first week of February, because that's when it's kind of at its coldest up there. Specifically, to have the coldest ultra marathon that they can. And these guys were running, biking, swimming, skiing, 100... Swimming? 
not swimming. I'm sorry. Okay. Not swimming. Like, not minute. swimming. Not swimming. Not swimming. <laughs> not swimming. They were they were doing this for 135 miles, and it was taking them 30 hours to complete it in negative 50 and negative 60 degree weather. That's insane. But I guess it's if crazy. you're moving, though, you keep your heat up. You keep your body heat up, but you kind of have to occupy this really, really good space because if you don't move quick enough, your body heat is going to diminish, of course. And not too much because, after all, we are mammals. We're not reptiles. But, like, your, your temperature is going to lower significantly if you're not moving. But if you move too quickly, there's the chance that you could sweat. And then that sweat, if that sweat freezes in your coat and stuff, well, now you have bigger problems, you know? Yeah. So I guess they had to occupy that very specific window of, like, exertion to make it happen. Well, how but many people ran the thing? It was something like 148 people would compete, like, competed in it. And I think that was over the few disciplines they had. And I want to say, like, 30 or 40 actually completed the race. Um, but you could, you could pull up the pictures of the, the runners and the skiers and stuff, and they all have, they're all bundled up a lot, of course. Uh -huh. They're bundled up a lot. And where they have their jackets and stuff, their jacket, like their hoods are completely frozen. It looks like they have 20 pounds of ice just on their heads. So they're just running with this big weight. Wow. <laughs> People's beards well, are I frozen. Guess that amps up your muscles. <laughs> I guess, to carry this bill, like, bobblehead thing around uh -huh. but yeah those people up there in wisconsin that are doing that are, are yeah it's a little bit insane they are brave they are courageous and they are tough because yeah. i couldn't do that no no not me neither no mm -mm. no that's silly i can barely walk outside <laughs> when it's 30 degrees so yeah yeah <laughs> i think it was like 50 <laughs> yeah i had to walk a mile on um i think it was it would have been wednesday when it was the coldest here and it was like 15 degrees at 11 uh -huh. in the morning yeah. and the wind chill was about Ten. five <laughs> five or six i had to walk across a bridge that went across a river so that was rough for me and that was yeah. above there was above a, zero it's kind of funny though because there was i met a person at work came in to to the movies and um he um was from arizona and he was like it's so cold and i'm like i know and he was like i can't handle this i'm like what it's mm -hmm. not even that cold, <laughs> but yeah. it's just funny to like hear people from like those the southern more southern hot states mm -hmm. and people in like Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's like yeah, it's a very big difference. <laughs> oh, it really is because I I wait on tables and I wait in kind of a tourist area in Nashville, so I get people from North Dakota and Wisconsin and stuff. And I had a couple tables. I mean, for the most week this week we were super slow, but like I had a mm -hmm. couple tables that came in from like. Minnesota and they were in shorts when it was it was 30 degrees outside you know on yesterday but like or 40 degrees and they were in shorts and they were impressed with how warm it was and I'm yeah. like yeah to us we think they're nuts but yeah I couldn't <laughs> handle it I couldn't handle it but also I do have to say we are um, getting close to our All time right. limit we've actually already exceeded it okay cool <laughs> well anyways on the note of ending wrapping up today um Please let us know if you have any comments or questions for us about the content or what you would like to see on here. And if you do want to see more, please like and subscribe to the channel yes. and share the video. Yes. <laughs> and if you have any articles that you would like us to read, anything, anything, send them to us. Like send us a link in the comments or <clears throat> shoot us a link. You can reach out, go to our webpage and you can 
join the little newsletter there and you can send us a link there if you'd like us to read something as well you can comment it on facebook or twitter just like instagram let us know what you're interested in hearing because we like to hear those things feel free to dm us i don't i'll answer it sure <laughs> sure uh, yeah so but anyways yeah obviously you can find us everywhere at the a to z exchange from twitter to patreon to facebook to instagram to here so yep. check those things out like and subscribe and we'll see you guys next week Woo!